today we're starting a new series called Joy of Giving. It's great. I heard Charles' first service. I'm really looking forward to hearing him again. So please welcome with me Charles Park. How are you? You guys like daylight savings time ending? Extra hour to sleep in? That's nice. Uh, But it's going to get darker sooner. So, oh well. There's always pros and cons, yeah? But I do like this season. I, I do. I really like this season. Thanksgiving's coming up in three weeks. How many of you guys like Thanksgiving? Yeah, right? Who doesn't like Thanksgiving? It's like the best holiday ever, right? I like it because, you know, it's a holiday around gratitude. And that's a really wonderful thing uh, for a person of faith. Gratitude is a very important thing. It's, uh, it's wonderful. Now, I have a question for you. What's your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Eating, food, turkey. See, it's like family feud. I knew that would come up first. <laughs> what about like uh, family? Family time? Anybody planning to visit family? Family? How about shopping? Black, Hall, Black Friday, right? Black Friday, uh, Thanksgiving, gifts, getting gifts. It's, a, it's holiday season. It's gifts and all this. But uh, I guess you guys don't really like shopping. No? Why not? How many of you like getting gifts? I do. Shopping's fun. I like that part. That's a good part. But I think there is sort of like fatigue on shopping and giving and gifts and getting stuff. You know, and it's stressful. Yes. And also, I do think, you know, Thanksgiving can't be just about eating and shopping. Right? There's something wrong with that. Right? Thanksgiving can't be just about me, 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 and eating and consuming and getting and shopping and, you know, it's consumer culture because then gratitude turns bad. If it's just all inward. Gratitude. Thanksgiving. It's, a, it's, it's an experience of feeling this undeserved, unexpected grace on your life. Right? I mean, if you end up with entitlement. Right? If it's all inward. Me, 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 me. I, I want this. I want that. Then... You know, you develop this mentality of entitlement and nothing kills gratitude faster, right? Because if you expect that all the good things in your life you deserve, why should you feel grateful, right? So gratitude has to turn outward. There has to be this focus on on others and, and giving. Thanksgiving has to involve giving and other people or it turns bad it doesn't enrich your soul it it impoverishes your soul it makes you smaller and smaller when it becomes all about me 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 right are we agreed on that and this is why god wants us to become givers he says it is more blessed to give than to receive It is more blessed to give than to receive. And this is borne out. This is proven by research. There's a lot more lasting, fulfilling happiness that comes from giving than consuming. 
But if you're just all about consuming, you come to expect it, and you just, it doesn't lead to happiness. And the Bible anticipates this, and that's why it talks about giving a lot. Like if something is important to God, that it comes up again and again in the Bible. Makes sense, right? If something's important to me, then I keep repeating it to my kids. You know? Like, when you go out to the street, make sure that the cars are not going to hit you. And they're like, Dad, you said that a hundred times just this week, you know? Right? Okay, so here's some interesting stat. Do you know how many times the word believe comes up in the Bible? That's an important word, don't you think? God, believe, you got to think that's important to God, right? How many times does it come up? 228 times. Comes up a lot. It's important to God that we believe. What about pray? Do you think pray is important to God? So it comes up a lot, 540 times. Love, 551 times. Give comes up 1,557 times. Yeah, right? It's the most repeated command in the Bible. Super important to God. But now, but as a church... We don't talk about giving or money a lot. Have you noticed that? In fact, it almost never comes up. We don't pass around collection baskets. We just, all we have is two offering boxes out there. You can give or not give as you want. And that's all designed. We want you to feel freedom. We don't want you to feel manipulated or pressured in any way. But giving is the most repeated thing in the Bible, so we can't never talk about it. We do have to talk about it because it's good for our soul. It makes us bigger, makes life richer. And so this month, as Thanksgiving is coming up, we're going to talk about giving. Giving above and beyond what we normally think about or, you know, do. Because it's good for us, you know? And we're going to look at why it's more blessed to give than to receive and how that happens. Because there's a lot of unhealthy ways of giving that doesn't lead to any blessing, that doesn't lead to any richness. I mean, any kind of manipulated, guilt-driven, shame-driven giving, it doesn't lead to anything good, right? So we don't want any of that. We want cheerful giving that's based on gratitude, that comes from grace. That's what gives life. And to do that, we need to cultivate the right kind of mindset. If we are going to really get blessed from giving, it has to come from right mindset. So that's what we're going to talk about. And we begin today with one of the most intriguing verses in the Bible that I believe that there are. It says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. I just think the mindset behind this verse is so interesting because you would expect the Bible to say, thieves, you need to stop stealing because it's wrong, because it hurts people. You know, God doesn't like that. It's against God's laws. Do the right thing, right? Right? That's what you would expect, but that's not what it says. It says, thieves, you need to stop stealing, and instead you got to do honest work so you will legitimately have something to give away. Now, that's interesting. 
Because what that's saying is that the thing that's wrong with stealing, the thing that Bible and God wants to point out, is that you're not giving. You know? You know, how sad is it that you are a taker? You're a taker. And that's really sad. Because that doesn't lead to richness of life. It doesn't lead to fullness of life God has for you. It impoverishes you. It makes you, you know, small. That's sad. So, so get some capacity to give. That's what's going to lead to life. Now, that's interesting. Because that's bigger than just this is wrong. It has a lot wider implications. Because what is the problem is that you're not a giver. So it has wider implications like credit card debt. That's a problem according to this verse. Because if you have credit card debt so you can't give, oh, that's sad. You're not getting the blessings of being a giver. Right? Now that becomes interesting. Now, I don't want anybody to feel like ashamed or guilty for having credit card debt. Many people do. Half of America does. I mean, guilt and shame, that's not new covenant faith. We don't want any part of that. What we want to talk about today is the richness of life that comes from giving. So let's try to get off credit card debt so that we can become a giver. You know? Not about wrong, guilt, shame. About what brings life to you. More life does not come to you from like getting stuff and getting more stuff and consuming and getting dead into debt because of that. That doesn't lead to happiness you expect it to give you. That's proven by research again and again. It's being a giver that's going to give you lasting happiness. Agreed? Yes? Make sense? And so this is why we as a church community at the river here, we want to establish healthy giving culture. We want you to understand that the river is so much more than just what happens here on Sunday morning. Now, this is very important, super important. This is where we meet God, connect with God, super important. This is where our souls get fed. We put a lot of effort into this. But we do so much more than that. Because church needs to have outward focus. Because you all need to get focused on outward. Otherwise, this richness of life we talk about doesn't really get established. So this month, I want to spend this month Telling you about all the different things we do as a church, give you opportunities to get involved. Hopefully, you'll get inspired, cheered up by all the stuff we do. You know, realize, you know, it's a good community. You know, I, I want to be part of a community who is like cheerful givers as opposed to, you know, entitled brats. I mean, right? I mean, who would want to be part of a community, right? And so, for example, did you know that we give away 10% of every donation you give to us? We support all these outside organizations, you know, with money, time, and effort. And we're going to highlight some of those ministries. 
so that you can realize, hey, I'm making impact, you know? So you can realize there are opportunities for you to be involved that can change people's lives, right? So the first thing I want to talk about is ASHA. You've heard about ASHA before, probably many of you. This is an organization in India works with slums in India. It's dedicated to improving the conditions of the slums by transforming the culture of the slums using the teachings of Jesus. It's a very powerful organization, very effective. They have been so effective, they are now in almost 70 slum communities serving over half a million people. That's big. There's a lot going on here. And so let me show you a short video that just captures the spirit of what Asha does. Can we show the video? For a little girl like Bindia, trying to collect scrap from garbage heaps, love, care, nurturing, these are all impossible. There's really no hope. Bhavana is seven years old. She has a secure home. She has a place to study. She has parents who want to make sure that she reaches her fullest potential. A girl like Bhavana will work hard and one day her dreams might come true. Slums form about one third of the city's population. There's a lot of uh, exploitation, there's a lot of oppression, there's a lot of corruption. People have no hope. They will say that God has forgotten us because if he did remember us, then we wouldn't be living like animals. In 1988, there was a cholera epidemic in the city. Hundreds and hundreds of children began to die. Dr. Kin, this is where I started Asha, under this very tree. And I used to sit here and I used to see hundreds of patients just out in the open. In those days, there was slush and mud everywhere, flies, mosquitoes, pigs. So, the disease so big, Dr. Kin, this kind of radical change requires sustained effort. Unless I was willing to stick it through, there would be no real hope for the people. To me, the word hope is a very real word. It's a word that has come alive in Asha. when slum children are going to university. I've grown up in the slum. I'm doing uh, electronics and communication engineering. Hope is something you dream about. Hope was Asha for me. 
डॉक्टर किन ने शुरुआत करी तो सूरज महिला एक संस्था बनाई सूरज महिला संस्था के थ्रू The work of empowerment means to mobilize them, to help them to understand their rights, but also their responsibilities. Once they realize what their collective action is able to do, then they really get excited. Thousands of women have been empowered. They have been able to transform entire communities. अभी भविष्य में इतना बढ़िया होने जा रहा है, इसलिए महिलाओं को ज़्यादा महत्व दिया गया है। नर्क से स्वर्ग में आ गए हैं और हमारा जीवन एक मिडिल क्लास लोगों का जैसे जीवन हो गया अब हम झुग्गी वाले लोग नहीं रहे यस आई नो दैट वी हैव अ लॉन्ग लॉन्ग वे टू गो देस अ लॉट मोर टू बी डन बट वी होप एंड द डिजायर इज दैट मेनी मिलियंस ऑफ अर्बन पुअर इन इंडिया एंड अराउंड द वर्ल्ड रिसीव होप they don't have to live in abject poverty and there are wonderful ways in which they can actually come out of it isn't that so moving you can clap yeah they do incredible work i mean it's not just that they bring physical help like medical clinics clean water loans for small business they do all that but what is so unique and powerful about asha is that they transform the culture they they change the mindset on what is possible like slum kids don't ever go to college that's just not even in the realm of possibilities but asha has already produced 1500 kids college kids that's incredible I mean, imagine just one person. Imagine just one person, like Bindia. You know, if Asha isn't there, she spends the rest of her life picking rags, pulling rickshaw. That's why slum kids, they, their whole life will be confined to this very limited set of things that they can do. But if you can go to college, like. That Huma Khan, she can become a doctor, uh, electronics engineer, a computer programmer working for Google India. Can you im- imagine the difference of a, a person's life and their trajectory for the rest of their life between one and the other? Just what is possible? What a difference this makes! And it's not just that person. Now that person, because they come from slums, you know, they're going to turn around and impact so many other people in their life, right? You would expect out of these fifteen hundred college kids, many of them are going to turn around and start making a difference, not just in their immediate family, but people around them as well. The ripple effect is just enormous. You see that? And we, as a church community, we have a hand in this. You may not realize this, but we already do. We support Asha, and our support to Asha has meant and felt so meaningful to the founders of Asha. You may have met Dr. Kieran here. She, whenever she comes to to United States, she comes to this church. We have really connected. We really, really like them, and they really, really like us. 
There's this spiritual connection. We see God in the same way, the, the same spiritual DNA that drives this church, basically drives them. And so we feel like we're a kindred spirit. We are doing this together to expand the kingdom, to, to do God's will on earth. And so our connection and our support has felt so meaningful. They have asked the river to be the headquarters for Asha USA. Asha USA already exists, and they're already providing significant support to Asha in India. But it can be so much more. And they want us to take the lead and be the point to take it to the next level. Now, that's exciting, don't you think? I mean, U.S. is a pretty big country. Right? And Asia USA can be very, very effective and can just touch, can support so many thousands of people's lives changing for the rest of their life. Just imagine the kind of impact you could have. Isn't that exciting? So, your involvement in this community, it has impact in ways you may not have known before. Right? Because your involvement in this community makes this church possible, which makes the support of Asha possible, which changes. I mean, right? You matter. Everything you do matters. Your life matters. It, it has impact in ways you don't realize. We... we live our lives, and sometimes we have these negative voices in our head, and we think we're losers, and we're not doing enough. And Right? How many of you feel that way? You matter. You can make a difference. And that will bring meaning to your life. It, it, it expands your soul, makes you excited to get up. Right? And so get involved. Become a giver. That's how your life will take on shine. Will mean something. Will give you strength to keep going. Amen. So one thing you can do if you are interested in Asha, for example, there's a trip happening in February. We go every year. This year we're going with uh, people from our sister churches as well, Blue Ocean churches. Our sister church is like a, a group going together. John and Sarah are going to lead it. If you're interested, mark your connection card. I mean, maybe if not this coming year, maybe another year you'll be interested. I mean, I don't know. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go and see what's happening in the world that's halfway across the world, such a different place. It will change you. My daughter, Clara, she went for a few weeks. And it really did change her. It really did. I mean, if you have a teenage kid, this could really work. <laughs> you know? It could be a good thing. It changes people's lives. Right? I mean, hopefully she will talk about her experience one day. And it's a good thing to go. Now, many of you may not be able to, like, take 10 days to go to India. Right? So there are other ways. To get involved, support, make a difference in all these people's lives. In fact, downstairs, there's a four-page intro to Asha. You can pick it up. I mean, what Asha does, it's just incredible. Recognize around the governments, 
uh, governments around the world at the highest levels. It's just all of that you can pick up down there and read more about. And if you want to get more involved, you can write or check ASHA box on your connection card and put it in the offering box, and we'll get you more info. In fact, there is an uh, informational meeting coming up on December 10th. Not November 10th, December 10th. That's wrong on the connection card. December 10th, 10.30 to noon. You can come hear about different ways you can get involved and make a difference in people's lives. Sounds good? Inspiring? Well, there are, this is, well, this is across the world, right? And there are ways to get involved locally as well. So I want to highlight some of the local stuff that we do, especially Father's Heart. It's something we do as a community. We've been doing it for a long time. And I want to invite Laverne Walker to come and share about her experience volunteering with Father's Heart. It just happens on East Village, much closer than India. And so much easier to get involved in. And it's a very powerful thing. So please welcome Lavaran. Good afternoon. <laughs> As Charles said, um, I volunteered with Father Hart several times with this church. Um, I, got, I got involved because for me, I've always wanted to do soup kitchen. In my head, it sounded like the great thing to do. I thought it would be cool. And I also thought it was an excellent opportunity to fellowship with other River members. Um, and so I started to participate with Father's Heart. Um, practically speaking, uh, we go one Saturday a month. Um, you show up at a church in the East Village, as Charles said, and we give out food. We serve breakfast to the guests um, and the sort of people who come to the Father's Heart. Um, Father Heart is worth supporting because its mission is to help people move from dependency to dignity, from poverty to prosperity. And they do that through a variety of services, particularly the soup, the soup kitchen. They help people get food stamps and legal services, just to name a few of the things that they do there. And what I got out of that was bigger than just something cool to do. Um, what I felt and saw there was humility. Um, folks just loving on one another um, by ways of respect, dignity, empathy, and humor. Strangers working in unison, you know, to on a collective goal of just the willingness to give their time, their skills, a smile. And for me, the opportunity was less self-focused, and it was more Christ-focused. And it's, you know, it's... It's, it's really it's a great opportunity. And so um, if you're interested on the connection card, um, the next time we're going out there is November 26th, so please check on your connection card. And um, hope to see you there. Thanks, Thank you. I really highly recommend it. It just lifts up your Yeah, it's tough, huh? <laughs> just lifts up your spirit to give like that. You know, so this month, as Thanksgiving comes up, I want to establish and cultivate and grow a healthy giving culture in this community. Now, it can't be just about turkey and gifts. You know, yes, they're all good. Let's get them. But also, 
Let's spend this month thinking about and practicing giving above and beyond we normally do. As an expression of thanksgiving. As an expression of experiencing God's grace upon our lives. To try to make a difference. And so today we talked about compassion ministries. Next week, I want to talk about Blue Ocean Church Network. This is the church network we are part of. I'm on the leadership team with this church network. This is about the mission of the church to bring the gospel, the good news to this world. And we are part of this church network because Blue Ocean is so good at thinking about and focused on how to bring the good news to the secular world that we live in. Because God is good news to the secular world. It's not bad news. I mean, when you read all these articles, sometimes you feel like it's God against the secular culture. God is angry. God is going to, you know, damn the secular culture. God is against the secular world. That is not true. God loves the secular world. Because God loves everyone. (laughs) And we can't just pick all these bad parts about the secular culture and say it's just horrible. You can do that with any culture. I mean, you think that in the biblical world, that culture was like so great? I mean, they were like killing everybody in their sight. And God loved that world. Jesus came not to condemn that culture, but to save that culture. It's the secular liberal culture that ended segregation. There are good things about the secular culture that God loves and is pleased by. Let me put it this way. How many of you would rather live in Tehran than New York City? Tehran is this godly city that is like all about listening to God and obeying it. It's not all good. It's horrible down there. God loves everyone despite the flaws. It is good news. Jesus is good news to secular culture. And Blue Ocean really is good at figuring out how to communicate that. It's about the mission of Jesus. And that's really, it should be deep in our hearts. The gospel, good news. And then we're going to talk about this church, the river. How you can, because we need you. We need every single one of you. To volunteer and give to this church to make this church run and thrive. And it's worth making this community thrive. It has impact all over the world, right? And so get involved. And then on Thanksgiving, we'll celebrate. We'll give thanks. And we will have this. uh, We won't have turkey. (laughs) Unfortunately, probably not, right? But we will celebrate together. Sounds good? Let's become givers because it's more blessed to give than to receive. All right? Agreed? Okay, then let me give you some practical tips on healthy ways to give. Because there are just really very many ways to screw up giving. Okay? So first, give cheerfully. For God loves a cheerful giver. You know, God does not like grumpy giver. You know, reluctant giver. I mean, if you are like, you know what? I don't really want to give. You know, I don't want to. But you just showed me this video from slums of India. 
This kid picking rags. Mm. You know, that just like makes me feel guilty. You know, it's like you're twisting my arm, right? Just showing this, these kids in need, and I just feel like I'm ashamed now. I have to give. Oh, I don't want to give, but oh, here it is. It's bad giving. Okay, if, that, if, that, if what I've said so far is not communicated this clearly, that's really bad giving, okay? God does not love that. We don't want that kind of giving. Keep it to yourself if that's kind of where you're at. Because God loves cheerful giving. It's not about the amount. It's not about the act of giving. The Bible says, man looks at the appearance, what is done, but God looks at the heart. What is needed is a giving heart. Because otherwise, you don't get blessed. You don't get this soul expanding. It's all me, me, me again, even as you give. You know? So give cheerfully. If you cannot give cheerfully and willingly, don't give. If you're like living on rice and beans, you don't have anything to give, don't give. You know? Eat your rice and beans. We don't want you to starve. You know? Give what you can, not what you cannot. Okay? Second, give generously. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. If giving is from the heart, then there is generosity that goes with it no matter the amount. Do you agree? There will be a generous spirit, even if it's two pennies. That's what it means, you know, it's generous giving if it comes from the heart, if it's cheerful giving. And that's what leads to abundance. All right? So give generously. And finally, give without set expectation. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? God is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. I just want to say this clearly. God doesn't owe you if you give to God. Okay? Now, I say this because there's a lot of preaching out there that says, if you give to God, then God will give you back ten times. He owes you. And I say, what is that if not worship of money? It's using God to get more money. Because the end or the purpose is to get more money. God is not some kind of Ponzi scheme. God doesn't owe you if you give to God because everything that you have already comes from God. Okay? So how does that work? He gets given you everything and you give to God and you say, now you owe me. Give me back ten times. Man, that's screwed up thinking. It doesn't work like that. You have to trust God will bless you. God will bless you. But you have to trust God to do good to you in his own way. Okay? Giving. Thanksgiving. And giving, it's a natural expression of experiencing God's grace upon our life. God has given his only begotten son. What would he hold back from us? It's this sense of profound gratitude and trust that God has already given us so much that naturally flows out 
into expressions of grace. Giving that's based on grace. That's what will give you life in all its fullness. That is why it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's grow in grace. Let's grow in giving. Yes? Amen? Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you have given us so much already. Lord, we look at those slum people in India and we get inspired. We can make a difference. God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, speak to each and every one of us that we matter. Every hour we volunteer, every cent we give, it matters. It can make a difference in someone's life in profound ways. Help us to realize how precious this opportunity you have given us, this life you have given us, who we are and what we do. Help us to experience your grace and express this grace to everyone around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.